<laughs> now that's the intro. Oh, thank you. Yay. How are you, Sam? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, being above five. It doesn't matter good. how you feel. I'm one and eight. I'm mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. You're over there. I'm over here. And I don't know which way is up. <laughs> and joining us now. <laughs> Special guest of the pod, manager of the Winfield Nut Grabbers, another glorious member of the Phi Delta Theta fraternity. He is a brother of mine. He just beat my ass some fucking how by only scoring 67 points. Fuck, my team sucks. <laughs> Javin, <laughs> oh. your your voice is surprisingly low for for the grabbing that you received this weekend, man. I I, I was expecting a couple of octaves higher. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, it sounds I, like Chipetto just stuck his hand. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but my name Brandon Elmo and. My nuts hurt. <laughs> oh my god! See, I, I can only go low or Elmo. It's those are the only two voices I got. So, <laughs> welcome to the pod, Jevy. <laughs> Thank you, man. Happy to be here. Okay, we can keep it <laughs> perfect. Yep. So, recapping last week's shit show of games, which there were not a lot of. Uh, well, there were a couple great matchups, but not not very many. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with one of the few that was actually a pretty good matchup. Um, I think we both, Sam and I, expected it to be a bit of a blowout, and it was a lot more competitive than we thought. Um, but the Wichita Weed Bandits came up a little bit short against the Scott City Beavers, 117 to 101. Yeah, really what this came down to is an absolute monster of a game from Kyler Murray. This, you know, 37 points, that's one of those kind of scores that it doesn't matter what the hell else happens. You've put yourself in a good position. 40 points from a single player, that's hard to overcome for any team. Yeah, I, I agree. My uh, my little statistician thing is freaking out. My computer is messed up for some reason, just like my fantasy team is. So I think this is like a uh, perfect re- representation of how my season's going. Um, son of a bitch fucking ass shit. <laughs> I'm going to let... Jevy and Sam, you guys can describe this first game until I can get my technical. <laughs> well, considering the Weed Bandits were only down 15 points and they were from away, I think this is the. I, I'm not for sure on a fact, but this feels like it's the highest that the Weed Bandits have probably scored all year. Um, they rode Drew Brees in for 22 points, 16 points on DK Metcalf, 14 on Brandon Cooks, the Ravens D with 13 points, and Josh Jacobs with 12. 
um, all really big contributors to to the Weed Bandits, but they just couldn't overcome Kyler Murray. Like you guys said, 37 points. Tyreek Hill had a monster day, two Dutch touchdowns for 23 points. Uh, Christian Kirk, 18. Zach Moss, 10. Who the hell is Zach Moss? And then uh, Todd Gurley in there with 11 as well. I, I mean, the Weed Bandits put a huge effort in, but the Beavers, um, I mean, they just went to town. They they had the pressure on the whole time and, and went all the way. That's what she said. Wait, how do what? you not know who Zach Moss is? Man, he's a rookie. No, I, I think that was a good. I think that was a good call. By he's him. literally played um, one game. Oh, no, no, no. Now it's loading the data. Now it's loading. No, it, it, it literally had like just Seattle. No, he <laughs> he played in the Jets game, Dolphins game at the early year. So he's he's played six games total this year. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a Singletary guy. I, I was thinking Singletary and uh, Gore were like the top backs in Buffalo, and and Moss is in here showing that I don't know anything about fantasy. Happened. Gore is with the Jets, but he was a he was a Bill last year. To be fair. 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 Also, I think Jevy is going to show us up on this podcast because if I'm not mistaken, you have some experience with radio. Uh, I yeah, right? I worked in radio for uh, two years at two different radio stations and studied it in college. So uh, I got a little bit of experience in there. I thought so. Uh, we don't. We uh we started talking <laughs> shit to each other. I'm last not sure year. that shows That's about what we got. <laughs> We said, hey, we think us being assholes to each other would be entertaining. Want to just record our conversations? I I don't know if that story has ever came out or not, but we were literally just drunk in a bar at Kites watching football and said, I think it would be funny if we were just assholes to each other on a radio show. And here we are. I listen every week. Well, God bless you. (laughs) You and the you're probably 50% of the views. Nicaragua or whatever it was. <laughs> I, love, I love the stats. We have like five, six different countries that listen. Yeah. Probably just somebody who accidentally clicked to like, oh, this is what <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> but it, it literally says we have people from foreign countries. It's like one person in Nicaragua and one person in Canada or some some crap like that. And apparently and Ireland and Brazil. Yeah. And one one female listens. No, 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 no. It didn't say female. It just said did not identify male <laughs> or female. That's right. One did not identify. Uh, also off top. All right. Off topic here before we get back on topic. Oh, shit. But one, I got to say rest in peace to Sean Connery and Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. But the funniest meme I've seen in a long time is the Sean Connery greeting Alex Trebek in heaven. Um, and suck it, Trebek. Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good old callback to the old SNL days. But, sorry. Someone <laughs> someone just sent me that meme, and it was the third time I'd seen it, but I respect it a lot, so props. It's pretty good. Yeah. But anyways, back, back to the action. Um, hopefully... My computer will work this time. If not, I'm just going to go off the three highest scores of the week because that's all I'll be able to see. Yeah. How many games have they played with Tua? Two. Eat a dick. Moving on to the Lehigh Horny Toads at the Potter Muggles. Hint, Lehigh lots. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't pretty. The third highest score of the week for Lehigh was Harrison Butker, which – Kicker, kicker, yeah, but 
when your kicker's your third highest scorer, you probably didn't have a great week. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Also started no defense. Actually, what I do like – okay, here's the thing. Uh, against Pittsburgh, I don't blame him for sitting the Cowboys' defense. What's funny is that this is – I'm pretty sure the Cowboys' second highest output of the year yep. with one. <laughs> <laughs> and he benched it. Lost out on a point. That poor bastard. At this point, <laughs> why even keep the Dallas defense? They're, they're a joke every single week. Yeah. I, well, we, so is Lehigh. Yeah, we... Oh! Good one. We uh we actually agree with you on that one, Debbie. But the problem with Lehigh is they've used all of their roster moves, so they can't they can't use another roster move. And the Dallas defense is their only defense on roster. We me me and Sam discovered this about a week and a half ago, <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but, yeah, he can't do anything about it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I mean Potter won, which. Uh, we got to briefly talk about Potter a little bit too, because another 100 point performance by the Potter Muggles. And I mean, they didn't have any like 37, 35. It was that his highest score was 22 points. So it was just consistent all the way around. He's a good team. I agree. I, the 22 came from Matt Ryan from the quarterback spot. And from a quarterback, that's about what you want. Um, everything else was pretty much high end average. Uh, nine points from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 15 from Robinson, 16 from Brown, 16 from Allen. You know, just solid point getters all around. Um, he's not relying on any one particular stud to carry him, like uh, Kyler Murray for 37 or Dalvin Cook for like a second 40 week. Um, this is just a good, solid team that's putting up points each and every week and is going to be difficult to play. And their bench isn't bad in any way either. I mean, they've got Curtis Samuel. They've got Cam Newton, C.D. Lamb. They've got, um, you know, Adrian Peterson's kind of flashy. Like, sometimes he, he has a pretty big game, and then other games he, like, disappears entirely. But he's got a good bench, too. He could have made some other moves and, and still come away with a big win here. Yeah, this is this is probably one of Potter's best teams that he has had in quite some time. Definitely better than last year's dumpster fire, but at least it got us a hell of a theme song out of it. <laughs> oh my god, it was amazing! Honest to God, uh, that was a hell of a lot better than anything I I would have written. I was I was laughing, I was crying because it was so beautiful. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, move into one of one of the two dumpster fire games of the week. The Lawrence Monkey Shit Mafia defeating the Gerard. Where was this fucking type of game three weeks ago? Gerard fucking Wellbrox. I don't know. I thought this was a pretty good game. (laughs) Although, although, oh my God, watching that Tampa Bay game, I was sweating that. Holy shit. I thought it was close. I, honest to God, thought Tampa wasn't going to get any points. And how far out Suckup was kicking that, I just knew based on how the rest of the week was going, he was going to miss it. And I was that would have been the one goddamn point like, ever. But I didn't. Honestly, it would have been karma come to get me and, finally. But And if you would have. Lawrence, the league's best fantasy defense. Yeah. I'm just saying. And if you would have lost, that would have been the second year in a row that you lost to Wayne Gallman. Oh my God. I hate Wayne Gallman out of fucking nowhere. Whoever he's behind, 
happens to die the week before they face me, and then Wayne Gallman comes in for double digit fucking points. When I goddamn when I beat you with fuck Wayne Gallman, I hope he gets debilitating (laughs) herpes. When when I beat you with him last year, I think he went off for like twenty one, and then he didn't play again the rest of the year. (laughs) And I think it was a close matchup that if he hadn't done that, I would have fucking won. Let's let's go into a deep dive of the old Gerard fighting brats because if you remember at the start of the year, I think they were one of the teams that was heavily picked to finish near the bottom. They were tenth or eleventh, I can't remember. Um, but to start the year, they were by far one of the best teams in the league, and of late, they have been awful. Three of their last four games, they've scored 74 points or less with two of those games being sub-60, if my memory serves me right. But the one game that they didn't sub-60 in those four games, they scored 130 against me! What the fuck (laughs) does this keep happening? There it is. Why? Because there is a god. Because there's a god, that's why. fucking sense. (laughs) It does. It makes perfect sense. How how cocky you got last I year and how much cocky. shit you talk. Rooting your shit. Yeah, budding. Kind of... Excuse me. I'm so flustered. I can't even. I don't buy that language. No, you were so fucking. Cocky. You talk more shit than anybody I know. <laughs> more than anybody I know. My name's Brandon. I like. I like that there's a neutral third uh, party here to back me up on this. Full of shit. I talk shit in like college football, but that's about the extent to it, typically. And no, that doesn't la, matter. La, this la, is the CKFL, anybody but Spiller Podcast. That doesn't I mean, matter. I'm the commissioner of the Fido League, and I'm going all in on, on this. Like, CKFL is where I'm actually putting all of my time and energy at. Fake news. Pretty damn good league, right? <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. Anyways, on this matchup, Sam had one player that scored more than 10. One player scored more than 10. And he won. And fantasy football and NFL and basketball and college basketball yeah Yeah, you talk a lot of shit brandon just not this year it's 20 uh, 2021 there is no god all i can can say is i beat devin in our fight out league and that's all that matters yeah but ask yourself you just gotta ask yourself did i win i know you just answered it but i just wanted to ask had no reason that he had 17 he he caught a 78-yard touchdown pass, and outside of that, scored four. Like, a fluky missed tackle. Gave him 14 points. It still counts. I'm not arguing that. You won. But what the fuck? Also, speaking of which, going on to Gerard, his third highest scoring player was a kicker. So do we have a trend here? Yeah. It's not great. Don't now don't kickers we're going to switch to another game real quick because um, that was a dumpster fire. We don't really have much to talk about. Sam, you won, but did you? Yes, there are two players four, on your team, one. Sam, that I specifically like always go for. So, you know, 
Allen Robinson consistently puts up points. Terry McLaurin consistently yep. puts up points. Both of them, starting wide receivers, any team in the league, the only person that I would add to that is Jamison Crowder. Like, sometimes Crowder will disappear entirely for, a, you know, a week or two, but he always comes in and he, he gets double digits every single time. Those three wide receivers on any team that has, like, a, a running back two or quarterback, you're consistently going to be hitting the 50s or 60s, no problem, just with them. That's not even re- throwing in, like, your your flex, your tight end, all of those other positions. So your wide receiver core, I mean, outside of being backed up by Preston Williams and, and AJ Green, who, you know, is out right now, honestly, one of my favorite cores in the league. AJ Green, though, you know, surprisingly low performance this year. Um, what is he averaging, like seven points a game or something like that? Is it lower than that this year? So it, it's been pretty 3.5. Uh, 3.5. So super disappointing this year. Any other year, you'd be stacked in wide receivers. That's okay, though. With this not being a point per reception league, I wasn't too worried about that. I needed to load up on running backs and build up for the future. But, okay, since you did mention Jamison Crowder, let's move on to that beautiful bastard uh, over on on the next matchup. Uh, I'm not quite ready for that because I have an angle (laughs) that I'm going to. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We're going to go to Brandon's angle then because he's apparently fucking important in this league. I mean, some thinking, godforsaken reason. I have 10,400 Twitter followers. How many do you have? I don't give a shit about Twitter because I'm <laughs> also, an adult. Wow, victory doesn't count. Yes, it does. I've changed no. the name to it. No. You're channeling an entire <laughs> fandom of, of, of one school. That doesn't count for you. It may be your thoughts. But nobody likes you that much. They're my followers. Anyways, moving on to the <laughs> Ottawa Anarchists <laughs> at the Liberty Crushers. Can somebody please tell me who the Liberty Crushers' third leading scorer was? Uh, yeah, what, that, Chris what position Boswell? is he? Is that a, a kicker? kicker? Did, did Clint I win? Yeah. Yeah, so, he could have had so many so more. So Clint Eller, uh, would he have actually won this week? I think he would have, too. I think he would have won this week. 11, then he would have replaced one of his flexes or receivers that had, like, zero or two or something. I, I can't see his lineup, so I don't yeah. know. Sterling Shepard, uh, four points in the flex. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins with three against a Miami team. Um, Stephon Diggs with 11. Chase Edmonds with eight. James Conner with two. Um Zeke Elliott had six points. Who he could have gotten four more points just at running back. That that's not even, you know, replacing Allen Chark or or Crosby for Boswell. He definitely could have had a much better week if he had just made a few different adjustments. Which that makes us give Clint Spiller the boom dog shit owner of the week. No, and you know what's weird. He didn't take my advice, which was to outscore your opponent. If he'd have taken my advice, actually, he and the won. funny thing is, uh, do somebody do a deep dive on uh, Liberty's bench for this week? Oh, you talking about Josh Allen with thirty-five points, DJ Chark Jr. with twenty, Mason Crosby <laughs> with twelve, who is what would have been the number two point getter for his team had he started Mason Crosby over Chris Boswell with 12 points. Is that a thing we're it doing is now? to deflect from my 58 points I scored. 
But <laughs> okay, because we definitely could have given that somewhere else. Wits. And you would have you would have been like the league leader in that award this year. Keeping with every week. My my thing that I was going <laughs> with. Moving on to actually what was probably the game of the week. We're just not with the Marysville Magnificence at the Cocker City Thundercocks. Can somebody please tell me who Marysville's third leading scorer was? I'm a little upset that you completely went over the anarchist, like big players. Like the team that they are is the team that we've been expecting all year long. And you just completely ran over that. Hey, and that's, you know, I was, I was trying not to gloat my own stat because that's what I was talking about and arguing with uh, Sam about last week was that we're expecting these high point getters out of Ottawa with Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, and they hadn't been doing that. But the last two weeks, we've got back-to-back 30-plus point performances out of Patrick Mahomes. You get Christian McCaffrey back. Juju Smith-Schuster looks like Juju Smith-Schuster again. And help, Ottawa's back. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. They're back. That team's back, baby. But I was just trying to go with my little – Weird stat that four teams lost this week who their third leading scorer was their kicker. I think you were just trying to ignore the fact that this was one of the better teams and you don't want to acknowledge good teams because you're a bad team. And that really, you know, highlights that contrast between you and the rest of the league. I love Ottawa. I mean, my face is their logo. Maybe that's the good luck charm for him that's really pushing the steamers into to last place. Maybe that needs to be a consistent yearly. What if everybody in the league changed their <laughs> What if we all changed our logo to that face? Brandon's head would get a little full. I mean, we don't want a deity on our hands. All oh, hail the <laughs> shit lord. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, going into Marysville, <laughs> you're right. Like, their kicker, Young Ho Koo, one of my favorite names in the league, and I know that you guys have touched on that before, he scored 12 points, which is tied. Let, let me do this math really quick again. One, two, three, four. Tied for fifth most points with the other kicker on the roster and Jason Myers for, for Seattle. The only players that scored more than them Tua with 20 points, Justin Herbert with 23, um, Devontae Adams with 23, and Aaron Rodgers with 28. They have nobody this this past week that that went over double digits. I mean, Darren Waller and Eric Ebron were, were close with eight, um, but nobody else was really even close to double digits for that team. Yep, they're the Marysville Packers. Yeah, I think that's, that's honestly going to be the M.O. of Marysville this year. Uh, has some absolute fucking studs that it's going to carry his team each and every week. But if those guys don't perform, he's going to have really bad games. Uh, if the Packers don't have a good game, if Devontae Adams doesn't score 23, if, okay, Devontae Adams has a, a normal game where he scores 12 to 14, so still a good week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a good week uh, scoring 20, 22 points. Like he's looking at mid to low 80s at that point for his score like it's he doesn't have he doesn't have that consistency across his roster although like having those high-end guys rogers jones and adams definitely makes up for it you know they'll help make up that difference it's just i don't know it's it's very 
very loaded into a few few players. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the funny thing is, uh, Cocker City won the same way, kind of though, because he got the majority of his points oh, yeah, absolutely. from two guys, <laughs> which. I, I think we touched on it. We thought that Dalvin Cook was going to have another good game, but I think you said he was like top in 20. He's not going to have another one of those 35 to 40 point games is what you said. You lost. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> Deflecting. <laughs> but one, one thing that neither of us could have projected, and don't get me wrong, I actually – I think I agreed with you on Dalvin Cook, so I'm not technically in the right either, but – one thing that we both didn't see coming was probably Drew Locke going off for 28, which the majority of those points were garbage time touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta is a good matchup to be uh, taking advantage of. So the fact that he did score 28, it's not absurdly high. It's definitely in, um, but it's not, I don't know that it's. Surprising. No, absolutely not. I mean, you look at that Atlanta team, how many leads have they blown in the last two years? I mean, any quarterback against that Atlanta defense is going to put up at least 20 points. Yeah, except unless it's like Matt Stafford yeah. <laughs> or Teddy Bridgewater. I did. Uh, <clears throat> I do want to go over this again while we're talking about the Falcons, that this Falcons team under Raheem Morris, who we mentioned last week, is a different football team. They are now three and one under Raheem Morris, and their lone loss was a twenty-three to twenty-two loss to the Lions, which they had a lead and blew it shockingly. No, I agree with you. This is definitely a lot better looking Falcons team. Just that secondary is still not good, even yeah. with the new coach. Just put some respect on Raheem Morris. Yeah. Respect. And it also should be noted that they've played a fairly low schedule in those four games as well. Because their wins were against Minnesota, Carolina, and Denver. So it's not like they're beating playoff teams by any means. Yeah. No, but a win's still a win. Yep. It's, All right. It's so <clears throat> that was this week's game of the week, which put Sam back in contention for the Southwest Northeastern Division title. Who gives a fuck? No one cares. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on to this week's horseshit, cock sucking, motherfucking terrible game of the week the cleveland steamer game yeah <laughs> i think it's not not who the opponent is just the terrible goddamn no good very bad team game of the week oh the steamers and, game somebody tell me who the steamers third leading scorer was it wasn't a kicker because my kicker couldn't even score that much that's that good old giants d with nine points which hey to be fair that that defense be fair. To be fair, to be fair, that defense might be the lone bright spot. Lone bright spot. <laughs> Did anybody expect the the uh, Giants' defense to have scored fifty two points this year and be ranked number nine in the entire league? Probably no. Are they really? Yeah. Ninth in terms defense? of fantasy scoring, yeah. Oh God. And I mean, week to week, they've they've been doing no, pretty I'm well. I mean, they that. had four, nine. They did have one week where they went to negative four. Then it was seven, eight, thirteen. Uh, the last three have been two, four, and nine. Um, against Washington, I would definitely you know choose nine. They they don't really have anything going for them on their offense. Um, I think Alex Smith playing last week was probably my favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there's nothing that would have told me to play any other defense. Um, the Giants, surprisingly and very quietly, have been putting up 
you know, points per game so far. And, and they've, they are, like you said, number nine, and they're only rostered by 49% of the people with, you know, in fantasy football, yep. 49% on ESPN, which is surprising considering they're a top 10 defense. Yeah, and I think adding on to that a little bit, um, I think the main reason it's so crazy that they're that good is that their offense is so bad. Like, so they're on the field a lot. They're basically KU's defense, except they're actually stopping oh, they're, people. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. <laughs> well, if, you knew, if you knew college football, you would know that KU actually has statistically a decent defense. But their numbers are not great because the time of possession per game for KU is like their opponent has the ball for 41 minutes and KU has the ball for like 19. So It's nice that they're sharing. Right? When your defense is on the field that much, you usually put up bad numbers. That was my point of that reference right there. But uh, the Giants have actually they they've performed almost every week. So, lone bright spot. They're, they're averaging just under one interception per game. They're averaging at just over two sacks per game. Um, you're you're going to be consistently be getting, you know, a few points just out of that. When you're adding in, you know, fumble recoveries, potential touchdowns, um, you're 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 going to have a pretty good defense. It's good. And I sat there like an asshole watching every minute of every game. The only player in your team that didn't underperform was the Giants' defense. Yeah, lone bright spot. Tannehill down two. Latavius Murray down two, Josh Kelly down three, Julio Jones, despite putting up 11 points, like double digits, yay, still underperformed by one point. Um, Robbie Anderson, who is one of my other favorite wide receivers, down three, Gronkowski with a big old goose egg, um, Antonio Brown, um, four under projected, Giants up to Goskowski down by one. So I'm, I'm not sure how you were ever projected to put up like 90 points, but um, it definitely took a turn for the worst. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, when, when defenses enter the game and it starts out with 10 points. Yeah. The way I think the way ESPN's algorithm starts out is like, well, they scored 10 points already. This must mean they're, they're going to continue scoring at this rate. Yeah. I've never, and then I've never, that evens out over time. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. And I, I've never understood why it does that. But um, <clears throat> I I also don't understand how our defensive scoring works because the Giants' defense, they forced five turnovers, and I know they had at least three sacks this week. Go ahead and start with probably the easiest game of the week call. We got the Lehigh. Marysville. Yep. <laughs> so moving on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, why not show me the fucking lineups? Goddamn computer. All right, well, he's having some technical issues. Uh, Jeffy, do you have Marysville's game pulled up? Yeah, yeah, I do. So um, when we're looking at just the projections for this game, Marysville's projected 104 points, which is, I mean, in the comparison, the only positions set to outscore that. Um, are going to be Will Fuller with nine points over Chris Godwin with eight. Um, and then Matt Prater is projected to put up nine points instead of eight for Jason Myers. Um, I'm not seeing anybody on the bench that's really going to help out Lehigh. Um, they, they're pretty much decimated. Um, they're, they're not looking good on anything. Uh, and, and 
for the Marysville, I mean, just looking at their roster, they've got quite a few people that they could plug and play. Um, if we look at the, like the lowest, I mean, the Bears are projected to put up seven points. Um, Seahawks are going to do four. They're not going to get a huge improvement there. If we're looking at the next, um, you know, Jason Myers and, and Young Hoku, both are going to put up probably around five or six points. Not a lot of help there, but um, they do have, you know, Justin Herbert as a quarterback option projected for 20. Um, David Montgomery projected for 10, uh, but he's questionable. And and honestly, being an Iowa State fan, I want to root for David Montgomery, but he's, he's kind of a – he's awful. Iowa State. Yeah, shit. We, we can't have him back on. Yeah, strive for nine. I'm surprised I'm still in the league. <laughs> well, we didn't fucking know this till now. You didn't introduce yourself, goddammit. Well, bomb is dropped. Yep. Jevy is a strive for nine cake-eating Iowa State fan. Sorry, I watched all. I watched all the. Uh, I watched all the uh, Mighty Duck movies, so the insult "cake eater" is freshly in my head. Right. But uh, another thing on Lehigh, we already talked it a little bit, but um, he has no roster moves. So even if he wanted to pick somebody off of waivers, he can't. And since the Dow- Dallas Cowboys defense is on bye, he can't plug and play there. So he's going to have a defense open again. Which, since it's Dallas, that might actually be good for. He also um, doesn't have a tight he will end. Will be able to? No, he won't be. Yeah, able he to. can't put in a tight end. He he's kind of. Yep. So you won't be able to play. But I even love, if you I were to love. try and put like Madison, like that's only one point up. Um, and, and that's his only option. I mean, Brian Hill's got to buy. Um, Kishan Vaughn like projected for zero. Um. There are a lot of players ahead of Kashawn Vaughn on that Tampa Bay offense too, so there's nothing that's that's going to help him out here. But I I do want to ask one question: At what point was Jalen Hurts added to that roster and thought, okay, he's going to be the starting guy for Philadelphia? Well, I think Lehigh just <clears throat> he went into this draft strictly trying to get rookies, and with Carson Wentz struggling, I think he probably picked him off picked him up off the waivers just in case there was a move but yeah i don't know it 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 does seem like a strange strange decision and ben roethlisberger is also on the covid list so he's out he was originally projected to put up 17 his only quarterback option is going to be nick Foles against that minnesota defense could be back for this matchup yeah i was i was gonna say i think his his test came back negative this this afternoon so oh. <laughs> tell me how that one makes sense. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And then I almost and your team actually looked good that week and autos yeah. did not. And then I <laughs> for a for a hot minute it looked like I was gonna beat Liberty too, which would have been just fucking hilarious if I beat Liberty and Ottawa. Those are my only two wins. <laughs> but fortunately not. All right, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to skip around uh, so that we finish with our three matchups last. But um, Ottawa at Wichita this week. Um, I will quickly go over Ottawa. Um, but I think they're real, act- real quick. We didn't actually say, but I assume uh, just for the records purposes, we're all picking Marysville. Yeah, the Marysville Packers. He could bench okay. everybody except for his Packers players and probably win this week. And he go bold. Go bold, buddy. Do it. <laughs> but yeah, so Marysville straight across. Um, I, I will describe Ottawa 
to an extent. Um, I think that team, that team is back. You got Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Um, they do have kind of tough matchups, but the way they are used in their offense, they're still going to put up points. Um, McCaffrey's going up against the Buccaneers. Kamara's going up against San Francisco. Both are projected to score above 15. Um, but it's it's still, that's that's got to be the best one-two running back combo in the league now that you know Zeke Elliott is dog shit and they haven't been giving James Conner the ball that much in Pittsburgh. And that's part of the reason Liberty has tanked so hard. But we'll get to Liberty in a little bit. Um, that running back duo strong. His receivers don't look too strong this week with Juju Smith-Schuster and another Steeler, Claypool, and T. Higgins as his flex. But he does have the Indianapolis defense who's been outstanding this year. Not a bad lineup. Right now he has Baker Mayfield starting at quarterback. I think that's his only option because Patrick Mahomes is on bye. But still a strong lineup by Ottawa. The only things I would add to that, um, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is actually a truly questionable play this week just on health. Yeah. Um, he looked pretty banged up at, at the end of the game last Whoa. week, so he may not be able to play. Fortunately, he still does have Leonard Fournette on his bench uh, up against Carolina, which is a good fantasy. You know, they're, they're bad against the running backs for fantasy purposes. So might be a solid replacement there if Christian McCaffrey can't go. Um, with Baker Mayfield, uh, he does have a good matchup with Houston, 29th ranked against the fantasy quarterback. So, you know, Baker Mayfield's not a great fantasy quarterback, at least not this year, but has a good matchup. So as a one-week, bi-week filler, solid play. Now what about Wichita? Sucks. <laughs> They're not looking like they've got a lot going for him. Um, they've got a lot less projected for them. Uh, it's going to be a pretty tough week. They, they're really going to have to overperform in order to really get anything going. Um, their top projected player at this point is Joe Burrow, who's on the bench. Um, Drew Brees is a starter. That's the way that I would go up against San Francisco. And then honestly, any week of the, of the season, um, up next, they've got Josh Jacobs at 13, DK Metcalf at 12. That's against Denver and at the LA Rams. Um, Josh Jacobs at Denver, DK at, at, at the Rams. Um, both pretty good matchups for both for those two individuals. Outside of that, everybody's under double digits. Um, I'm not seeing a whole lot of positivity. They've, they've also got Amari Cooper here with a bye who, who's going to have to be replaced. Um, be and, and probably. And I would have no doubt about that. Um, Jeremy being the, the Dolphins fan that he is, I bet that's his go-to. Um, he does have a few other options out there. Um, not great, albeit they are options. Um, you know, he could throw in Matt Breed if, if Breed is healthy, but everybody else is projected to be very, very low. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he could have the the combination threat of Breeze and Sanders in there. Sanders is projected at six. Tough. I think Tough. I think for Wichita, it, he has. It looks like he's actually got some pretty good matchups for his players. I think the caveat to that is that the players that have those good matchups are not good players. So yeah. if if any of these guys blow up and have big games, be a mild surprise, but not a huge surprise. That being said, I don't think that that will be enough um, to overcome what is, at least as of this moment, a very, very talented, very good 
Ottawa anarchists. I'm right there with you. I mean, the projected total is going to be really close, though, because once he plugs in Devontae Parker, which is what I'm assuming he's going to do, um, that'll put him at 84, not including home field advantage. So the projected score is 94 to 89. In terms of projections, it's going to be a coin flip, but I, I think I'm leaning towards Ottawa. All right, so all three for Ottawa. I'm going to go with the Weed Bandits. Um, Seeing how Ottawa tends to crap the bed, they tend to not fully perform, whether a player gets injured, whether something happens, whatever. They've always got something that's kind of like holding them back, and I think that that's going to be this week. I think that the Weed Bandits are going to surprise us. Jeffy, who was your your big brother in the fraternity? Uh, It was actually Clint. And guess who mine was? <laughs> Jeremy. It was Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> and we both picked against our big brother. Oh, damn. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think that would put us at Cocker City at Potter. Am I right? Oh, I just wanted to talk about Dakota and say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine, dickbags that you can't listen. Go ahead and describe Dakota, then. I'll go with the home team. Yeah, I'm pulling up the home team right now, and I can actually read. <laughs> My bad. I was getting both teams pulled up, and I happened to have Cockers pulled up at that moment, and just for whatever reason went with them. Sam always um, is Cocker. This is not – I don't know. I don't think this looks like it's going to be one of Potter's best lineups. Um, the fact that he's going to have to sit – Clyde, you know, come on, Clyde, let's go, Clyde. Edward Solaire. Um, which that's not just because he's on bye week. We got to stop that. Well, no, How he's, unfair he's a... is it that when fucking Dakota plays his favorite player, it's on his bye week? Conspiracy. Let's go, Clyde. Motherfucking son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's he's going to be throwing Adrian Peterson in there. Um, Washington actually has a pretty stout front four. If, if for whatever reason, Washington makes this game real competitive, forces Detroit to have to throw the ball, Peterson's not going to play much. And even if he does, he does have to go against a very talented front four. That he's they familiar are with. To switch towards, true. But, you know, it, they are starting to switch uh, or, you know, phase uh, DeAndre Swift more into the game plan. So, Adrian Peterson as as your second running back is not I don't know I wouldn't feel comfortable with it at this moment. James Robinson has a great matchup up against Green Bay because Green Bay's fantasy defense sucks. It's so bad. Um, and apparently James Robinson's actually been the real deal. I picked him up and missed on that. So you're welcome, Potter. Uh, Cam Newton up against Baltimore. I don't think that's a great matchup. Uh, I don't think Cam's going to make his 15 point projection. Uh, then he's got some solid matchups for his wide receivers. A.J. Brown against Indianapolis. Keenan Allen against Miami. Neither are great matchups. Neither are terrible matchups. Probably should make around their projections of 10 and 11. Uh, Mark Andrews, I don't think, is going to do much against New England. Marvin Jones up against Washington. I don't know. It's going to depend on if you know their, their secondary keys in on him. Um, he has a defense. Patriots defense against Baltimore, never a great matchup. And then he's got a kicker. Like this is just, I don't see this as being a good, a good lineup for him for this week. 
Yeah, but fortunately for Potter, he's going up against the Cocker City defense. That's not not the or not defense, but team that's not on its strongest week, which I think a lot of teams are on like this is their bye week. So that would explain. Fortunately for Cocker City is he does have Dalvin Cook, who's just been an absolute monster the last two weeks. Is Chris Carson healthy again, or is he still going to get not very many touches? Um, he's on the road at a decent defense against the Rams, so not a great matchup. I don't really understand why Drew Locks projected to score 16.5. I mean, he did score 28 last week, don't get me wrong, but I do think that was a statistical anomaly, but that's just my thinking, mm-hmm. and I'm 1-8, in eight, so my opinion doesn't matter. But <laughs> moving on to receivers, uh, yeah, I just I feel bad for anybody that owns a Buccaneers receiver, and that includes me. But my roster was already dog shit. But I think Mike Evans' value went down with the addition of Antonio Brown. I also think uh, who's their other big receiver there? Um, Chris Godwin, Godwin, which Godwin's his fucking plummeted i think and he's since he's also nursing an injury uh his fantasy value is going to be really really low but but he's still mike evans is still capable of having a big game but i think you're going to see low projections for the rest of the year which this week he's at 7.7 um i will say i like cocker city's lineup more but that home field advantage for potter is going to be interesting at cocker city remembered to put jimmy graham in the lineup but as the previous owner of Jimmy Graham, I will say this. When you have him on the bench, he'll catch a touchdown or two. When you start him, he will have one catch for six yards. So Graham is garbage. Yeah. Well, I mean, Graham is the number five tight end in the league right now in tor- terms of fantasy scoring, which is insane. That just shows you how, how low tight ends are scoring this year. But – Graham scored eight points in week one, one in week two, 18 in week three, three in week four, nine in week five, three in week six, and three in week seven, one in week eight, and then he had six catches for 55 yards and a touchdown last week. So he's kind of been a touchdown machine, but he hasn't done anything else because his highest receiving yard total is 60 yards. But this is a touchdown-driven league because catches don't matter, non-PPR, so... As long as you're getting those touchdowns, baby, that's all you need. All right, Jevy, thoughts? Man, um, when I'm when I'm just looking at the names, looking at the the projections, um, I think Cocker City's got the win here. Um, I, I think that they've got a little bit more of an advantage, uh, even if even if Chris Carson ends up being downgraded out. Uh, you can still throw in Jarek McKinnon. Um, if Devontae Freeman's healthy, you can probably throw him in there. Uh, they also have Jordan Howard. I mean, they've got some what, some running back depth here. Um, and they could even move Kareem Hunt from flex and throw in another wide receiver. I mean, they've got John Brown, Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, all of which are projected to have, you know, seven, eight points. They've got some options here, and they, they can definitely play around to, to get a little bit better matchups. Marquise Brown, just to, to kind of put this out there, he's going against New England. Um, and then Mike Williams up against Miami, both of which are, in my opinion, are good matchups to be, you know, in there. Um, so even if, if, even if Chris Carson ends up not being able to play, he's got options. He's got the ability to move around. Whereas Potter, I mean, 
he Potter's honestly looking at the best possible choice with their starting lineup. They don't have a whole lot of flexibility, and I think that that's going to be a big, big problem for them. Yeah, I, I would say the one flexible thing that he has, which he hasn't adjusted yet, and I don't think he will, but uh, Tevin Coleman's eligible to come off of IR now. So Potter could plug Tevin Coleman in for Adrian Peterson, but who knows what Tevin Coleman's role is going to be with San Francisco, which it could be higher than it typically was because they have so many injuries at running back, or it could be lower because you're going to see more touches go to McKinnon and whoever that other one was. Hasty, is that his name? Michael Hasty, yeah. So so who knows there? I my one thing about Potter is I think he has two players that could really, really go off. Um, with Robinson, as you said, he has a great matchup against that Green Bay defense. And then mm-hmm. Keenan Allen has been an absolute monster, which I can't always believe, is every year. Can't believe some moron would drop him and not keep him as a keeper. Please tell I me mean, more. I picked him up in like the <laughs> seventh round, so <laughs> everybody passed on him. So it's for Jeremy. I for did you did you drop Keenan Allen or did you trade him to Potter? I can't remember. I traded him. Okay, I part of the I, J.K. Dobbins trade. Yeah, I I thought you, uh, I thought you dropped him for some reason. That's my my fault. Anyways, no, nah, nah, I just I just didn't keep him. No, I think I think Jebby's right. I liked his analysis on it. I'm also going to be going with Cocker City, but I think this is going to be close. And I think that if Potter wins, this is likely to be due to home field advantage. I think it's going to be that close. Yeah. I, I think I agree with both you and Jevy, but just because I'm I'm high on Potter, I that team just somehow finds points. So I'm going to cut that off where it just says I'm high on pot, and then move on. <laughs> That's the intro. Mother, <laughs> I'm high on pot, Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Potter. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll lead us into the guest of the pods matchup, the Winfield Nut Grabbers at the Gerard fucking piece of shit. Probably going to score 12 points this week fighting Brogs. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Let All us right, know well, how you feel about the team. Well, uh, Winfield, they have a quarterback, pretty good quarterback, Mar Jackson, has not played – up to the level of season that he had a year ago. But as I believe Sam and I both said, that was kind of to be expected. You don't mm-hmm. typically keep those numbers two years in a row. I think he has a bad matchup against Baltimore this week. So I think that projection may be a little high. But he with, plays for Baltimore. Excuse me, New England. Baltimore's He's matchup. He's a pitch hitter. Yeah. Brandon's just high. On pot. <laughs> but uh anyways tough matchup against new england this week i think that projection of 18.9 might be a little high but when you have a player the caliber of lamar jackson who's capable of scoring points with his arm as well as with his legs it's understandable why that projection's that high um next he has derrick henry who did not have that great of a week last week um, and now he's going up against one of the best rush defenses in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts on a short week. So that's the Thursday night matchup. And he's projected 14, one, 
14.1 points in this game, which I, I, once again, I'm not really seeing how the projection is that high, but he is that caliber of player. Maybe it warrants it. I don't know. Philip Lindsay, who are you going to get? Are you going to get the guy that gets 20 touches, puts up a hundred yards, maybe a touchdown, or are you going to get the guy that gets five carries while Melvin Gordon carries the load? You just don't know with Philip Lindsay. So that's a coin flip. I think Michael Thomas will be better this week. It was his first week back from injury. And as we've said multiple times on this podcast, that Buccaneers defense is filthy good, which they didn't have a great Except for last week. They didn't have a great game last week, but like I said, me and Sam were texting a little bit. <laughs> Most of their points gave up were off of turnovers. So it wasn't really the defense that was awful. It was completely on the offense. Digress. They still put up 38 points on the Buccaneers defense, so it was not a good game for the Buccaneers defense. But Michael Thomas was the top receiver on the team, so he did step right back into being the top receiver, top choice. Um, so that is something that is going for him. But like you said, that Tampa Bay or the um, yeah, the Tampa Bay defense, you know, um, could definitely be a big issue for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was last or was. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco's but, next week. But but still, I mean, San Francisco's another that was that was what I was going to lead into that. Um, San Francisco's defense is no slouch. So, I mean, that's a tough matchup for Michael Thomas. But I do think you see higher numbers than you got last week. And then the rest of the lineup, um, Greg Olson hasn't really done much this year in Seattle. Um, Fulgrim in Philadelphia is his numbers going to be the same as they've been of recent weeks, or are they going to go down now that they're starting to get a little bit healthy at receiver? Um, so that's kind of a tough toss up Deontay Johnson. God, I just hate all Steelers receivers. Yep. One of them is going to go have it. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, that's a coin flip. Um, the saints defense, that's a good defense and it's going up a, against uh, San Francisco, which is not a stellar offense and that's being polite. So I think that's a very good defense to start. And Blankenship's got the best goddamn glasses in the league. Totally for the brand. Love that kicker. Think he's, I think he scores more than he did in last week's game and the week before combined. You're going to see Blankenship in double digits again this week. Hashtag for the brand. But overall, just going over that, it's a – it's tough matchups. That's that's all I'm going to say. Tough matchups. Good players, tough matchups. Over on the other side of the ball with Gerard, uh, this is Gerard has started to turn into the team that I was kind of expecting it to be at the beginning of the year. Obviously, they weren't to start out, and I was way wrong. I'm starting to look a little better on that call. Um, this week does not look to be super promising for him. Uh, just about everybody on his lineup has pretty difficult matchups. Russell Wilson against the Rams. Rams are third against fantasy quarterbacks. So Russell Wilson is still a good quarterback. I fully expect Russell Wilson to have himself a good day, but he's not going to have a Russell Wilson game-breaking type game. David Johnson was injured last week. Really hasn't looked like the David Johnson, I think, that Gerard was hoping for. Um, he goes up against Cleveland. Had Project for 12 points. I don't know that he, that he gets that. Uh, Ronald Jones up against Carolina has probably the best matchup of the day, but he might be the second running back on his team. So he may not be able to take advantage of that. Adam Thielen up against Chicago uh, and Tyler Lockett up against the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams. Both of those defenses are ranked second against fantasy wide receivers. 
So he's got some real difficult matchups there. Jared Cook up against San Fran. Titans just don't score against San Fran. Uh, Alan Lazard, I don't know. Jacksonville is ranked 19th against uh, fantasy wide receivers, but I just kind of see this being a game where Green Bay goes up big and just runs the clock out. Can I? Uh, so I don't think. Can Lazard I just gets points? Can I just say this since Jevy's in here? Uh, fuck Alan Lazard. Oh, clones. <laughs> I think this is going to be a real, real difficult week for Gerard. If Gerard's going to get back to its high-scoring ways from uh, the beginning part of the year, it will not be this week. Well, who you got? I think just based on matchups and the potential with the matchups, I think I'm leaning towards Winfield on this one, but I don't feel good about picks. I'm I'm going to disagree. Um, not not because I don't love my boy Jevy. But um, I just think there's more upside in that Seattle-Los Angeles Rams game. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson will have the type of game that he had a week ago. I think Russell will go off. Tyler Lockett's been fairly quiet since he went off three weeks ago and scored 38 points. So I think Tyler Lockett's due for another decent performance this week. Um, so I think that's going to be the difference right there is Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and the potential of Adam Thielen actually having a decent game. But I would not be shocked one bit if the nut grabbers pulled a shocking nut sep. If Winfield all over your face, if they busted some balls oh. and defeated, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going with Gerard this week. No, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is like the – this is going to be a battle for, for eighth place. Um, no doubt in my mind, this is this is for eighth place. Um, it's not really a, a great spot to be in, but I'm, I'm going to have to go for myself on this because I need that eighth spot. I need to be up there in number eight. Um, I think I've got a few more options than Gerard has. Um, I, I'm not convinced that Russell and, and Lockett are going to – be able to perform up to, to their projections. Um, David Johnson, although he's been good this year, um, I don't think that he's, he's going to be, you know, quite where they want him to be. Um, I'm not convinced Alan Lazard's going to be up to, you know, the full load that he was, he was performing under um, early in the season before he went out for, I think like a month and a half. Um, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of options on the bench for Gerard to, to even throw in there if he wanted to. Um, I, I think just overall, the better option is Winfield and not because I, I truly want it to be, but I'm, I'm not seeing a whole lot that that's really there to pick from for Gerard. I also agree though, Deontay Johnson, like I, I hate putting him in my roster. Like I hate him being on the roster, but there's not really a whole lot else that I can do with Odell and, and freaking Crowder, like being out right now. Um, I can't even remember is Alshon Jeffrey on this roster. Is that my other one where Jeffrey's a big piece of shit? <laughs> Any team that has Alshon Jeffrey is a big old piece of shit, man. But I mean, th- there is the possibility jo- Johnson like puts up a big old goose egg. Um, Philip Lindsay, another goose egg. So I've, I've got just as much, you know, going wrong for me as, as I think Gerard could as well. So it's a, it's a hard pick. I think the home field advantage is probably going to be a, a really nice benefit for them. Yep. And I, I did forget to add that. That's a very good point, Jevy. That's that's actually my deciding factor why I went with Gerard was home field advantage. <clears throat> Sorry. Moving on to our next matchup, which 
I'll use this shit pile of a team, but the Scott City Beavers at the Cleveland Steamers. I'll let you guys take over this since I'm in the matchup. Nothing to <laughs> discuss. Beavers are going to take it. Yeah, that's all Look, I got. Beavers are going to win. I'm projecting. All right, moving on. Moving I'm on. Projected- <laughs> Motherfucker, you're going to ignore that I'm projected to win right now? And in our next matchup. <laughs> I see that you're projected to lose by two points with home field advantage. That's not, um, adding, that's not adding it in yet. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are projected to win with home field advantage. I, I'm still not used Wait. to that. Um, also, hit refresh. Mine's my showing. Oh, okay, oh. I was going to say, I'm seeing 65 to 83. Yeah, no, mine, it's 80, 82 to 83, but with home field advantage, that puts me at 87. I was saying 83 to 81. Um, one thing that's kind of hurting the Beavers here is everybody is on bye week. So even if they... Th- could have had better choices. They don't really have a choice. Um, so that's going to be something that's really going to um, potentially be a, a big issue for them. Um, Zach Moss, like, fooled me once. You know, what the fuck ever. Um, he's probably going to have a good game. <laughs> Justin Jackson. Um, know very little about him, but I know that, uh, you know, Brandon, you're, you're kind of suffering there with um, – that other Chargers running back still being out. Robert Woods consistently puts up points. Christian Kirk consistent has big big time games. Um, Tyler Boyd's been the top running receiver um, in Cincinnati this year with AJ Green being a I don't know being a, a steamer. They've also got the Buccaneers D, which is never a bad choice, and, and Zan Gonzalez at kicker. <laughs> this could be one where, where Gonzalez is the, the number three like point contributor this week. Um, if, if all of the players perform at, at what's being projected here for, for Scott city. Going into this, I didn't actually look at anything. I just assumed that Scott city had a better team because Scott city has the better team. However, for this week, Cleveland might actually have a shot. Um, he does have some difficult matchups. His big issues he's going to run into is Latavius Murray up against Sam Fran and Antonio Brown up against Carolina, both of which have pretty good defenses. We kind of talked about it earlier, but if you've got a Tampa Bay skill position, that guy could go off, but who knows if it's going to be that guy's week just because there's so many mouths to feed. Same sort of thing with Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski's looked pretty decent so far this year. Um, but does he get the looks this week? He does. Cleveland does get Nick Chubb back. Um, and Nick Chubb does get a very soft Houston run defense. So he's got some hope there. Derek Carr also gets a very soft, uh, Denver secondary for fantasy purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, like he actually has a shot this week. I think that the giants defense up against Philly, it, it says that the Philly offense gives up the 28th most points. 28th ranked, excuse me. Um, but with Philly getting weapons back with how few they've had, I wonder if that's maybe not necessarily reflective of where they are at this moment. So Cleveland overall doesn't have a ton of great matchups, at least as like a, it, in its entirety. But uh, I don't know. I, this might actually be one where Cleveland steals it away. I'll have to think about it for just a second. Which isn't that funny that if I do that, we were, I mean, we were just talking about it about 10 minutes ago. My only win is Ottawa. And if I beat Scott City, 
Ottawa and Scott City, the two best teams. That would be pretty amazing. That would be amazing. The fuck. But yeah, I just just going over that. I agreed with both of what you guys said. I I think it's. I do not like Scott City's running backs. Um, Justin Jackson. I do not believe he is. Well, actually, I take it back. I didn't realize that Justin Jackson got hurt in warmups. That's why he didn't play at all last week. Oh, yeah, I was going to let you just figure that one out on yeah, your own. Yeah, I was going to say he had zero touches for zero yards. So much for being the number one, but, yeah, he got hurt in warm-ups. So he might have – he might actually put up better numbers. But he still has only had two good games this year. Um, so, I mean, I'm not high on Justin Jackson, which is why the Chargers went out and got that former running back from the Dolphins. I can't, what is that dude's name? Uh, Barrage, Barrage. Oh, Kalen yeah, Barrage. Yeah, and he was the lead back. He was yeah. the lead back last week for San Diego. But, or not San Diego. I'm, you know that what, fuck wild. it. I'm just going to keep calling him San Diego. There's Dude. no reason they should be in Los Angeles. Fuck. No reason. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, I've got some random matchups. They're boom or bust. I, I don't know. I can't decide who I want to start, Antonio Brown or Jalen Rager, because I'm really high on Jalen Rager, and it's not a bad matchup against the Giants' D, but at the same time, if Rager goes off, that means my defense is doing terrible still. You get the points where you get them. It doesn't matter. So I'm sticking with Antonio Brown. Right. You know, I, I said it, I said it a couple weeks ago. I'm expecting to win two more games. But I will not pick myself the rest of the year. I got Scott City. I'm actually, uh, I think it's just because I don't see the upside of Scott City's receivers. I think they've got, I think they're going to be solid for him. I don't see them being game. Don't blow anybody away. And I, yeah, and I don't like his running backs. I think, I, oh, I hate doing this, but I think I'm going to go with Cleveland this week. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think Cleveland might be able to steam his way into a win. Damn right. Um, you know, I'm going to go the same way, honestly. Um, I think the steamers could definitely pull this one out. Um, just the fact that it's a bye week for – let me throw out some names here. Todd Gurley, Tyreek Hill, Michael Gallup, <laughs> Nicole Hardman, like Relevant. Kansas City's defense. Like, Irrelevant. <laughs> any other week, like the steamers would literally be leaving a steaming pile of shit like on the field. And the Beavers would be running off. But in this situation, I, I think, you know, Cleveland's got a chance. You described my love life right there. Good job, man. Well, someone's got a shit to bed. Aren't you getting yeah, married? Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell That'd be bad. It'd be very, very bad. Oh, my God. I have I have a lot of blackmail to be revealing to league mates' wives Son right now. All right. And that leads us to the last match of the week. The dog shit match of the... Uh, that's not true. Uh, prob- arguably the best match of the week. The Liberty Crushers at the Lawrence dog shit monkey mafia. And unfortunately for Lawrence, that's not a bad lineup. That's actually really, really fucking good. Unfortunately for Lawrence, he has a good lineup. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't like Carson Wentz at New York Jets, but I don't know. Maybe... What? New York Giants, excuse me. Thank you. If it was the Jets, it'd be an entirely different story. Like, but it, right. it is the Giants. Like they are better it's than the Jets. Part. Like the Jets have nothing going for them. 
But I will I will give credit to Carson Wentz. In four of his last six games, he has scored 20 or more fantasy football points. And in two of his last three games, he has scored 27 or more. So he's actually, of late, been a very good starter. But he's still very turnover prone this year. He's thrown two or more interceptions in five games this year which he had never thrown seven more than seven interceptions in a season. And now he's already thrown, you know, 10 interceptions in just those five games alone. And that doesn't include the other, you know, games where he threw one this year. It's just been turnover prone to hell, but who knows? He could go off. Um, Miles Sanders is back. That's huge. Antonio Gibson has been stepping up lately. That's huge. Allen Robinson the second. I think a couple weeks ago, uh, Sam and I were saying Allen Robinson the second is probably the most underrated receiver in the league. And I know Jevy most consistent. Yeah, you said uh, you said you, yes. you were really high on him. Um, I'm not as high on Terry McLaurin as you guys are, but I can't deny that he's been a solid receiver this year. He's number yeah, eleven. Two on straight the year. games of scoring fifteen plus. He had two other games where he scored ten plus, but those other four games. Well, you know, I take it back. Three of those four games weren't bad. He still got at least six. So he has been incredibly consistent this year. I probably just don't like him because he's a redskin and I don't trust their quarterback. So it's more. I know he's a football teamer. You're right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just don't trust the football team's quarterback. Is I guess that's my point with McLaurin. Uh, Noah Fant, which Noah Fant are you going to get? He's been. Mm-hmm. He's been dead quiet for the last seven weeks, basically, but he has been recovering from an injury, to be fair. To be uh, fair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Noah Fant you're going to get. Joe Mixon, how how big of a – how big in the game plan is he going to be since he's coming back from injury? He did recover from a bye week, but you're also – He's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So I don't I don't expect Mixon to score more than maybe five or six. I think that twelve point four projections way. I think Swift is a better pick for that choice. Yeah. And then uh you got the Chargers defense, which they're not bad. And Miami's been overperforming. So that could be a who knows? That one could go either way. And then Ryan Suckup should have a better game this week than he did last week. All right. What about all right, over on the other side, uh, we have Liberty Crushers. Uh, for the most part, Liberty looks to have some decent matchups. Deshaun Watson up against Cleveland. Cleveland secondary has not looked great, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the past. Actually, recently they have been looking pretty good up against the quarterback. The only game that they allowed more than 12 fantasy quarterback points to was Week 7 against Cincinnati. Um and that's in their past four games. Otherwise, it's been 5, 10, and 12. So they weren't great to start out the season, had some massive performances against them. So I think that's probably actually more of an average uh, matchup for Sean Watson. Uh, James Conner gets the Cincinnati uh, Bengals for, for the run defense. If Ben Roethlisberger does seem to have some issues, they might actually start running the ball a little bit more just to kind of protect uh, Big Ben. Um, so this might be – a position or a spot where you know everything aligns perfectly for James Conner. Um, Chase Edmonds doesn't look like a difference maker. He, I think, in that Arizona offense, 
any running back in that offense could have a fluky week where they have two or three, you know, red zone goal line type touchdowns. But I think that that's going to be the only way that he has upside. I don't see, I don't think he has upside based on any kind of yardage. Um, so just an average place to Diggs at Arizona. Does Josh Allen look good? Does Josh Allen look bad? This is a coin flip to me. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins up against Buffalo. That's a, a pretty difficult secondary. Uh, they're definitely going to shadow Hopkins. Hopkins probably also have a good game because he's Hopkins. But the likelihood of him having a difference-making game is pretty low. Um, Hunter Henry doesn't have a great matchup up against Miami. The theme for tight ends this year is if they score a touchdown, great. That's a good week. Top 12 that for that week. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Um DJ Shark, who he wisely is putting into his lineup this week, um, has a pretty difficult matchup up against Green Bay. I would expect that Green Bay is going to use Jair Alexander up against uh, Shark, and Jair Alexander has been a shutdown corner this year. Um, so Shark's got a pretty difficult matchup. Um, so how's that? I don't know what to so, expect yeah, out of Cincinnati. Difficult up against, matchup. Uh, How is that a great decision for him to be in there? Oh, I'm just taunting him because he didn't put him in last week. I'm playing devil's advocate here. So I'm just making sure. Oh no 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 no! I'm playing I'm playing Liberty this week. I fully plan on trolling this entire week, purely to piss Spiller off. But no, and then Steelers defense, uh, pretty good defense up against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I, I don't know that that offense looks like it might be starting to gel just a little bit more. Steelers defense as of late does look like it's starting to show just a few more chinks in the armor. So that could be one of these those weeks where we see kind of an upset um, in terms of fantasy performances. And then, you know, he's got a kicker. So Liberty does have, have a pretty good lineup this week. I, I don't know that a lot of the upside is going to be there for him, though. Yeah, I this is just a very interesting matchup. I think Liberty has more players who are capable of just absolutely going off this week. But they've also been very inconsistent the last five weeks, which is why you've seen Liberty slide as far as they have. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going with Lawrence. Yeah, I'm, I am also going with Lawrence, but that has more to do with the fact that uh, historically speaking, I have whooped, (laughs) I have whooped Liberty's ass um, eight to two. So statistically speaking, I'm going to win 80% of my matchups. I'm totally playing the statistics here. And I just want to throw out those numbers just to piss off Spiller. So I'm going Lawrence. Which, how how big of a loss would that be for uh, Liberty, though? Because if Wichita can somehow win, they will be tied for first in the South. It would be major. And, and more importantly, like, if Liberty loses this week, that will do some major damage if he's not able to win his division because that will also make the wild card picture very difficult and very uh, kind of messy for him. Uh, If he does lose, um, if Gerard wins, if weed bandits win, that's a three-way tie for first place in the South. I mean, he's not in a good spot to be losing this week, but I, I don't foresee, actually I do foresee him losing. I honestly do. Um, I think that there's a little bit more of an advantage in Lawrence. Um, you know, Liberty's got the best players possible um, in the lineup right now. I don't, I don't think – I think the one thing I would adjust, DJ Chark, Shark, whatever his name is, 
he's consistently inconsistent. Um, he's had two really big, like double digit games this year. Otherwise it's all under double digits. Um, I, I would probably put Shepard or Singletarian over, over him. Um, but I, I think that this could be a Lawrence monkey mafia win. Um, and not only that, like it may not put him, put you into first place here, but, um, it, it's definitely going to put you in a better spot for the postseason than it would for Liberty. Uh, this is a huge game for Liberty, and I don't see it, it going his way. Yep. Which, looking at the season standings real quick, um, I think there's no doubt that the West Division is the number one division in the league. Um, Scott City, Cocker City, Ottawa, and Winfield. Like, Winfield could potentially be winning the South right now, and they're in dead last. <laughs> so yeah, slot. Fucking Michael. I think I think what's going to be amazing if Liberty loses, Gerard wins, and Wichita wins, uh, or, or even if uh, Liberty loses and nobody else in the South wins, the South will not have a team above five hundred. Yeah, which leads me to my next point: is the East West Northwest Western Division uh, League is that the second best league in, or division in the league? I think so. Like, not on a points scored basis, but definitely on a win-loss I mean, record We both basis. have – both divisions have two dog shit teams, Cleveland Steamers and Lehigh. But I believe Cleveland to be trending up, whereas I believe Lehigh to be trending down. And I think Potter is an elite team. I think Marysville is an elite team. Sam, if you win today, your team's six and four. So, I mean – there's no denying that they have a good record, even though they're the third least scoring team in the league. Fantasy defense <laughs> wins championships. And then you look at the South and all four of those teams are trending down. Gerard has been awful for the last four weeks outside of that one goddamn week. Liberty has been <laughs> trending down. Wichita has been trending down. They've been down. Lehigh is trending down. So I think there's a legitimate debate that the East is the second best division in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. And I, you know, after the first couple of weeks of this season, <laughs> nothing. I, I, that's not anything I ever would have expected to say. But I think at this point, I think you could make a very strong argument yep. in favor of that. Which I, I think that's a good point to end on right there. I agree. Suck it, South. Here's a song about sucking it. <laughs> Suck my motherfucking dick. Suck my dick. Suck my motherfucking dick. Dick. Suck my dick. Suck my motherfucking 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 dick. Suck my
Fucking dance.